welcome. Thank you. It's Parry Talks. I think that's what we're going to call it, episode one. I'm going to interview DJs, artists, mad people in our industry that are driving culture forward. And I think it's an awesome way to start with someone that means a lot to me, especially for the past three years of my life with the wonderful Nina Jirachi from the Central Coast, DJ, producer, all round fucking Don. <laughs> so yeah, welcome Nina. Thank you. So where should we begin? How did we meet? Explain that story. Um, we met <laughs> at a Flostradamus concert. Classic, how old were we? We were in year 11. We were 16. Um, it was pretty funny. We had some fun, that's like, just keep it at that. Yeah. I feel like whenever anyone asks, how do you know Nina Parry? I'm like, oh, we met at this concert one time as 16-year-olds. We weren't doing anything stupid. We just met and then from then we became friends. It's such an awkward story to tell. But people get it. I think it's destiny that us meet at an EDM concert. It says a lot about who we are as people. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I don't really mind like that. But I think that like on feature articles like at Purple Sneakers or any interview you've done, it's pretty well documented your career and life up until Lapland. So I feel like after Lapland, no one's really had a big insight as to what the fuck's going on with Nina Jirachi. So I feel like that's an interesting point that we should probably start it and focus on. So let's just assume you put out Lapland day one. How does it feel to put out like the debut EP for you? Um, I don't know. It was pretty, it was kind of weird. I don't know. Cause I just had that thing done for so long before it came out. So it wasn't that shocking by the time it came out. It was more of like a relief, if that mm. makes sense. Um, it was also weird because I feel like I'd had a year of feeling a little bit kind of like, I don't know, I was, I wanted it out, but I also felt a little bit kind of safe that I was like, I have all this music ready to go. And then it came out and I was like, oh, now I have to make the next thing, (laughs) Um, which was really weird. And um, I don't know, I also feel like I couldn't make the next thing until it came out though, because all of the music I was making while I was waiting for Lapland to came out was just like trying to be Lapland, if that makes sense. Yeah. You just had to get it out so that you could move on creatively as well, you feel. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. I guess patience and timing is everything. Everyone says that in music anyway. So why do you think it took so long? And do you think that that was like a, that was a good thing in the end that it did take long? Or would you have preferred just to get it out quickly anyway? No, I'm glad. In the end, I'm glad it took a while because it allowed things to get set up a little bit better. Um, I mean, I don't know, things could always be better or worse mm. or... I don't know, you never know. There's but no way to tell anyway. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know. I guess in the end, it was good that it took a bit longer because I just had a year to kind of grow and yeah. be a lot more mature than I was when I'd finished writing it. What's yeah. it What's it like to write a debut project? Cause you hear people, artists say um, the debut project's the easiest to write because you have it takes... Like, you've got a whole lifetime behind you of time to write it it's like did you find it challenging writing the first like body of work or do you feel like i don't know yeah was it hard to write the first ep or do you feel like it was pretty easy relative to something that's coming out later um i thought it was i don't know i haven't really thought about that um i thought it was easy but only because it it was sort of coming together over like two years um before i was consciously sort of like okay i'm gonna make an ep now Mm. So I always thought like that was always kind of what I was working towards, but it was never super 
focused or conscious I was just sort of making songs all around and then there was like this kind of couple months period where I thought I've got all these songs semi-finished I may as well put them into a folder and name it you know what I mean so then I just kind of had that yeah the two months of putting it all together and make it all concise and pretty and stuff yeah exactly right yeah and um it's interesting like that because you have all this music and then all of a sudden you say like hang on these seven songs or six songs sort of fit together just as an artistic like expression it's crazy how you go through a phase and it's like these songs like sound the same mix the same from an artistic perspective I think it's fucking sick um, that it can like manifest in a way that it's like that your brain like almost instinctively will create a project rather than it being this like thought out long tactical like I'm gonna write one song that sounds like this one song that sounds like that no it wasn't like that at all it just sort of like happened it was really weird and even it was weird as well because it's not like I made them all in the same time frame like Mm. One of the songs on there I started in 2015. Which one? Glass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then another one I started in 2016, and then another one I finished like just as I was, you know, like it was all the way through. It was really, yeah. So it's funny that it's nice that everyone thinks it sounds concise because <laughs> some of the songs yeah. I think sound not that concise because my brain is like, oh, that song's from this year, but. Um, I guess the visuals sort of titled nicely together as well. Yeah, exactly right. We so on that note as well, were you surprised by any of the feedback that you got from the EP having sat on it for so long? Um, I didn't know what to expect because it was sort of like I had. It was really by that stage. By the time it came out, it was really representative of the music I was making like over a year. Yeah. Um, previously, if that makes sense. Yeah. So. I don't know it was but it was great like everyone seemed to like it a lot and everyone seemed to get it um so yeah I was really happy with that do you think like it being on so you had you finished it before you signed to Nina yeah yeah and so do you feel like despite whatever it was it like at NLV Records do you feel like that was where it was most at home do you feel relative to somewhere else um yeah I think so it was just like really perfect that that kind of came together as well because I just sort of finished it and it was just sitting there and I didn't really know what I was doing that year at all I just had this EP and then it just happened to be that I was working with Nina Heaps at that time and she really liked it and it just found the right spot and it's crazy how that wasn't like a tactical like marketing thing like let's sign Nina Jirach like it was a super organic thing again so it's sort of like it's nice how the world falls into place for artists as well even on the label side of things, you don't hear that all the time. You hear people get signed and they get fucked over. But for you, it was like, it got signed and it was perfect. Like the EP found its home type thing. Yeah. Which is sick in that sense. Yeah. Um, so the EP came out, um, did pretty well, did very well. And then you went on tour, right? Um, what was it like? Like, how does the club shows and club tours affected um, your writing process or... Has it changed your writing process, like being in a club show and experiencing that? Um, yes, but not after the EP. Like mm. more kind of through 2018, I think. Um, so that was more between finishing it and releasing it. Um, and even just kind of, yeah, like so before that, yeah, I hadn't really like been in much clubs and seen much like I'd listened to a lot of dance music, but I didn't really get it because yeah. I didn't go out dancing. 
very much. Um, so then, yeah, I sort of, the more I was DJing in clubs and stuff, the more I realized the kind of music that I like to play. Yeah. And then, so it was just sort of like, I naturally moved towards making more of those sounds after the fact. Um, yeah, I mean, in saying that though, even the past few months, I've definitely, um, been enjoying playing a lot of club music and making yeah. a lot of it too. Making a lot of it too. <laughs> yeah. Um, how was that tour though? Did you enjoy that tour? Was it better than you expected? Yeah, it was so good. The Sydney show was the first show and that was like my favorite, like probably top three favorite that shows awesome. ever. It was so fun. Like it was just so packed and everyone there really liked my music and it was so cool. Like it was unreal. Yeah, I think it gets to a point where it's like, well, I'm not an artist, but I assume it's like, as an artist, sorry. As an artist, it's like, yeah, I'll play like these fun songs that everyone knows and everyone's going to go crazy to them. But I can't imagine it being like, these are my songs and everyone's going crazy to my songs and my songs are the highlights of my set. Did yeah. you find that as well as that, like the one of the your favorite moments from the sets, like playing your songs and people reacting to your music? Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes it makes me a bit uncomfortable, which sounds <laughs> kind of... Um, like counterintuitive because obviously I want people to I want as many people as possible to hear it and like it but then when I'm like standing in front of them and they're like singing the words I'm like <laughs> stop <laughs> like it's it, I don't know that makes it me sound like I'm really ungrateful for it like I'm not actually uncomfortable but it's just like a such a weird experience I'm probably just not used to it yet yeah yeah um as a preference from your point of view like it's obviously fucking fun playing big fuck off festival stages but do you prefer playing like in little intimate club sweat boxes or do you prefer like playing these big songs on big festival stages um it really depends because you can play in like a real you can play like a really shit club show yeah where like you're in this tiny little room and then it seems even smaller because there's no one there yeah. and so those kind of shows like obviously every show is an opportunity and stuff but yeah um yeah that but then i guess if it is like one of those club shows like my sydney show where it's really full that's probably like my favorite thing i don't know but i also haven't played a festival in a while so maybe i'm just sort of i forget how much i love doing that so it's hard to answer but i just love both of them when they're at their best yeah that makes sense the bag's the bag anyway worst case (laughs) um yeah do you feel like what was like the best show moment do you feel on tour like, was there a specific moment where it's like, that's fucking sick? Like, a song you played in one city or, like, a moment on the tour that was like, this is it, like, type thing? Um, I feel like all of that happened on the very first night. Um, don't get me wrong, the other shows were also really good. <laughs> but it was just the Sydney show was so sick. Um, I don't know. There was, I don't know, just like, yeah, everyone really liked when I played my music, which is... Um, rare because <laughs> i'm not a very big artist but yeah that was really cool um, i loved the melbourne show as well actually i sort of forgot about it but that was probably it was close to my favorite probably just behind sydney yeah um because in sydney i had heaps of my local friends there but melbourne the was crew. yeah melbourne was really good and i think it sold out because it was ticketed it did i remember yeah it was really cool um, the guys who put it on are really cool and they really like a lot of the same music. What do you mean the guys? Me? Shout them out, man. Oh, like the... <laughs> <laughs> Give them a shout out. The guys the from Lona, um, Hudson and James, they're brilliant. Good yeah, on them. Shout out. <laughs> also, 
Rest in peace, Calibar. <laughs> Mate, rest in peace. Yeah. Um, shout out the Lord Gladstone Hotel. It's where we're recording it now. Shout out Benny for letting us do this. I forgot to mention at the start. But yeah, shout out Keep Sydney Open, baby. Um, yeah, so tour would have been like unreal. Um, like from a fan's perspective, like going to a club show and like you, a lot of people go to club shows of small artists and they don't expect there to be fans there. So when I go to a club show or and I see a DJ and people were just like there for the event rather than the artist that's headlining or that sort of thing. But when I went to the Sydney show, it was like people were there to see Nina type thing and they knew who Nina was instead of it just being casual walk-ins. I'll pay 15 bucks here, who cares? We want to go out. It's like, I think that's a big testament to like the bubbling fandom that you're creating instead of it just being, you know, sort of hype art. It's like, oh, I don't know who Nina Girachi is, but I've heard she's a good DJ, so we'll go anyway. I think that's a cool thing as well where like some DJs struggle to be like, either a party starter or an artist and like you're very artist but at the same time people know you as someone that's going to light the dance on fire as well so that's sick as well i feel like it's a big thing thank you that's all right um so ep's out the tour's done yep is it hard to go back to square one writing i mean like what, what the fuck do i do now is it hard to get those creative juices flowing again nah i thought it would be it was like it obviously everything you needed that little bit of time to sort of get back into it it's sort of like if you you're exercising heaps and then you have a couple weeks or even months off like going back to it's always going to be a bit annoying but you got to do it so exactly yeah. and then you just do it a bit more and then you just sort of have a really productive few days and go yeah this is all right like yeah this, i'm back so, exactly yeah so are you back writing a lot of music now, do you feel? Or do you feel you're slowly easing back into it? I don't know. Yeah, I'm writing a lot of music at the moment. Um, I think so. It sort of goes on and off. Like, I'll have a month, really productive month, and then a month where I'm doing, like, lots of... I'm still working, obviously, yeah. but not so much creative yeah. work. Um, or I'm still doing creative stuff, but it's not music. It might be, like, drawing pictures instead. Because if I do it all the time, I get sick of it, and I never want to get sick of what I do for a job so yeah on that as well do you feel like nina girachi as a brand or you like nina wilson as an artist um like you don't want to be limited by just music you want to branch into other forms of art as well yeah definitely i don't know i'm not like thinking i don't know i just don't see myself as limited to that at all like i haven't really thought about that because i don't feel a limitation um it's more just whenever the time's right, I know I can start doing that stuff and I definitely will, but I don't know, I just want to keep going on music stuff for yeah, now. exactly. Yeah. Do you feel like drawing, like when you want to draw or taking pictures when you want to take pictures is like a form of um, cancelling out writer's block? Just like when you feel a bit stuck with music, you'd be like, oh, fuck it, I'm just going to draw a picture, to, like draw a picture today. But you yeah. know what I mean? Like indulge in another artistic out- outlet. Do you feel like that assists getting re-motivated making music? Yeah, not so much, not like literally re-motivated though, because I'm not yeah. doing it for the intention of like, yeah, yeah, this exactly, is going to yeah. make me want to do something else. Like, if that makes sense? Yeah, I know. Exactly, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, um, I do it because I like to draw pictures. Yeah. Um, and then if I, eventually I just sort of feel like doing music again, because I don't yeah. get sick of drawing pictures. Exactly. You know what I mean? So and it just rotates through. Yeah, yeah, Exactly. For sure. Drawing pictures is just like an overall. Yeah, I know. No, for different. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. We're not. She's not actually 
Well, I do draw pictures. She does draw pictures. You're not, <laughs> you're not like... But it's not limited to the pencil. <laughs> <laughs> fuck music. I'm just going to draw a picture of a fuck, like... Just yeah. <laughs> uh, how good are pictures? Yeah. Um, who are your favourite people to work with right now? Um, I love working with my friend Freya, Freya Stair. Um, she's my primary school friend, and so we're pretty close mm. and hang out quite a bit and we have really similar interests and she's just the most amazing songwriter and really good singer and yeah so I've been working with her because she's done two features on my songs and pure luck and human yeah pure luck and human um humans track two on Lapland yeah and (laughs) human was meant to be a Freya song at first and then I sort of like asked her if I could have it and she was all right with that um but now I'm working with her on her music, which is mm. going to be really cool. Um, Do you feel it's yeah. easy to click when you're working with someone that you know before music? Not Creatively? Or do you think that it doesn't make a difference for you? No, I don't think it makes a difference. I think it, it definitely makes a difference if you know them personally, yeah. but it doesn't have oh, to I be... I didn't mean like not before. I mean like you know them on a level that's beyond just you're a songwriter, I produce music, let's collaborate. Yeah, definitely. Um, I find it so easy to work with people who have the same kind of taste and ideas as me because yeah. I feel like if I'm yeah like if I'm trying to work with someone who has a different idea it just feels like tug of war a little yeah. bit even if it's not like there's no actual conflict in the room it's just really hard to kind of be productive and have an outcome that we both both love yeah but yeah when I work with Freya and when I work there's a few other people that I really like to work with because I find that it just comes together so naturally because yeah. the goal is the same on both yeah. sides. I'll come back to who they are, but ask, do you feel like there's a benefit though in working with someone that has different artistic goals than you or different tastes as you? And like in managing that task conflict is a good way to like bring out something in yourself that you wouldn't have done if you're just staying in the same bubble, if that makes sense? Yeah, definitely. I guess it depends on the intention of the session as well yeah because sometimes i it is uh, yeah i guess it can be kind of fun to go into something with no kind of need to have a product at the end of it and just go like all right i'll just follow where this person wants to take me and see what happens there yeah um but in the end i still don't really want to make something i don't like so even if there is like a bit of compromise and i am working with someone different it's probably because we still like some yeah exactly yeah there's still that it's like a Venn diagram. Yeah, there's got to be some yeah. crossover. Exactly. Yeah. Um, who else do you like working with? You mentioned that you liked other people. Yeah. <laughs> you, you like someone else. Yeah. Oh, I just, yeah, I love working with Freya. I can't wait for her music to come out. Um, I love working with Coda Banks. I've been writing some music with her a lot um, really recently. So we've done, yeah, we've done quite a few songs together now. Um, and I love them all. There's like one or two in particular that I love so much. And yeah, I'm excited for to see what she does with those as well. Um, and I love working with Nina Las Vegas. But um, what like s- sticks to Coda Banks? What do you like most about Coda Banks as a person? And then also what do you like the most about her as an artist? Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's interesting because I feel like I've gotten... Um, I've become better friends with her personally through working mm. on music and maybe like that's made us more productive. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but I feel like when I'm working with her, we really do kind of have the same vision for a lot of stuff. So it's just so easy to bounce ideas and there's rarely like suggestions where I'm like, nah, that sounds shit. You know what yeah. I mean? 
yeah so I just find it and also she's just like so prolific and fast and amazing at what she does which yeah. makes it just like a dream to work with exactly much. makes it easy yeah and then Nina mum yeah <laughs> I love working with Nina obviously um, she was like the first person I tell like, tell us like how did that happen as first as artist and then how did she sign you oh well we met like at like yeah she was playing on the central coast at like a <laughs> club show yeah at primaries yeah, so then I came and met her there and we made a song from that um like she just invited me to collaborate and yeah she was one of the first sort of like new people that I'd done a session with I hadn't really done much writing with other people even songs prior to that that I had had out um the features were like just songs that were like pitched to me or something like that so I hadn't really like worked with people face to face um so I was really intimidated and stuff and I was really kind of like I didn't have a lot of confidence at that stage as well um but she was like she's like the best person and (coughs) she was so cool to work with and like we like so much of the same music as well so it was just really easy it's just fate yeah exactly um but yeah it was in one of those sessions when we were working together that yeah i showed her the stuff i was working on and she really Being liked Lapland. it yeah. yeah and she wanted to release it that's sick yeah um what do you think the mo- not the most important but like the best what do you think the best piece of advice nina's given you has been um probably just like stuff about confidence really like i feel like i've gotten heaps of confidence by hanging out with her and like her support and stuff um I don't know not that I was like a little mouse before (laughs) I started working with her but I don't know like just kind of like confidence in my taste and my ideas Mm. and like just backing yourself yeah she's just made me feel like I'm or helped me feel like I'm really good at what I do which is a good thing to feel (laughs) um so speaking on Nina and Coda you put out that world cup song yeah and you're an avid sports fan aren't you Nina <laughs> yeah so how did that come about like how did it become such a like a wholesome experience being like half of NLV, NLV records pretty much working on it I don't know if that was that I don't think that was intentional no um, it wasn't obviously yeah not. it just sort of happened that yeah. way um it actually started off by I wrote a song with um the the other two of the other girls that were on that track mm-hmm. so um KLP and Grace who um doesn't feature on the track but she helped write it um so we wrote a song and then Nina and um Coda Banks and another writer um called Tandy Phoenix wrote another song and we ended up like combining them <laughs> so it wasn't really meant to be that we were all on the same song but I'm glad it worked out that way yeah exactly yeah. so wholesome it made it better um unlucky to the Australian girls shout out Sam Kerr she's still the goat though yeah I know I was really <laughs> bummed I, I was really because I wanted them to go like really really far um with it and just hear the song all the way as well yeah but um they did so well is that way. World Cup the first like sports tournament you followed um it's the first one I followed that closely yeah um I mean I've I don't know like I think I just got like really scared of soccer after being hit in the face so many times when I was younger. What's the most recent time you got hit in the face? Because I know this story as well. Oh, it was. <laughs> I haven't played soccer since. It was in like 2000. And, um, just can you just open that? I don't see how long we've gone for. Yeah, for sure. Did you press play? Yeah. 
Oh my god. Oh, you didn't time. I did. It's fine, it's fine. I did. I pressed play. So Nina was meant to time how long we were going for. I did. I pressed start, I swear. It's open, you can see it. You just opened it then, I saw you close the apps. Yeah, but it's on stopwatch. I remember I put it on there and pressed okay. start. Anyway. We'll um, figure it out. Oh, I've got the video. We can check how long it's been going on there. Yeah, cool. So yeah, you got smashed in the face by a soccer ball the last time you played soccer and you've given up since. Yeah, it just happened to me like all through primary school. Like it was just one of those things and I just came to hate the game so much and I'd always like, you know, because they force you to play sports in primary school. So I'd always want to be like the goalie and then just hope that it didn't come down my end. Yeah. And then when it did, I'd just like let it go in. Because <laughs> like, I just, I, yeah, when I was like really young, I kind of like played seriously. And then every time I'd get hit in the face and I just thought, no, it's not the game for <laughs> What happened? No, when did you last get hit in the face and who by? Oh, like 2017, <laughs> I think, or very sub 2018. Um, there was the Musica Copa. What's that? Tourna- just, tournament. Just explain what that is. Um, Musica Copa are like a, like a charity soccer music fund. So they put on like this big tournament um, every year and different kind of musical institutions around Sydney all build teams and stuff um and I was playing on um my agent's team and I just got like smacked in the face by a soccer ball from one of the future classic players and um I just thought no <laughs> we don't, that's why we don't fuck with future classic yeah well, I don't because of that moment yeah yeah it was really painful but i didn't break my nose it just like i just had a really <laughs> swollen face like all day um yeah it was all good all good awesome yeah the re soccer's i feel like i asked that question about sports because i feel sports and music unify people in similar ways yeah where like you go out to a sporting match or game or you go out to a concert club show whatever and it's like being in a room of people that are like like-minded and are there to support one like cultural push is like it's just a weird energy it's incredible energy i think that that's what draws me both to sports and music and like that's the defining feature of the things that i'm generally drawn to like that level of like cultural significance in any event i feel like it's cool that sports and music are like two of the main ways in pop culture anyway they're that communal like cult like um expression almost yeah. manifest itself so yeah i think that's so interesting that how sports and music align as well yeah for sure so lapland's been out mm-hmm. the world cup song's been out yeah you've got a new ep coming out yep. on the eve of splendor right? yeah yeah what's that ep like what's it called let's assume like we're not recording it when it's even been announced but let's assume it's out what's the ep like for you like how do you feel about this EP? Um, this EP is pretty random. So <laughs> I kind of like didn't, I don't know. It, it wasn't like, I didn't expect to do, like at the start of the year, I didn't expect to do this EP in July, 2019. Mm. Um, I just sort of had my Lapland EP out and then I was like, all right, got to make the next one. And I feel like my brain was like, okay, make another seven tracks. You yeah. know what I mean? And like, I was trying to kind of make the same thing. And yeah. then I had, I don't know, I just had this one song, so the first track on it. It's only two tracks. And um, I don't know, everyone I sort of showed it to really liked it. And I thought it was really, like, intense thing for me to put out yeah. personally. You can say the song names and stuff because the premiere is going to be out before this is. 
anyway. Oh, right. So you can talk about them as yeah. the title and stuff. Yeah, well, the first track's called Water Gun. Yeah. And I thought it was, yeah, a bit random of a song for me to put out. But everyone I showed it to just really liked it. And then, so I wanted to put it out and I thought it would be fun to DJ and stuff. Yeah. And I had played it out once um, at the FBI club night last year. Um, I want to play it out more, but before I finished it, it had like this really short outro and it was really hard to mix out of. So I didn't want to risk it. Yeah. Um, and keep going. Just yeah. keep talking about it. Just keep speaking about it. Let's one take the time. Yeah. But um, so everyone was yeah saying that I should put it out and I didn't want to do it as a single because it's a bit random. <laughs> yeah, it's, just like a, it's like what I don't want to say genre, but like where would you put it like genre wise or like P wise like I don't know it's just a really silly funny club song like it's sort of dumb and like a bit of a joke um but I really like it and then it was it kind of like worked out nicely because then um Nina was like you should just do like a two track club EP and I thought yeah that works so then I was like shit now I have to make a second (laughs) song to go with it and I um had a bunch of songs that I was working on but none of them seemed to really like match it um and then I had this studio time in May and April where I booked a studio for a few weeks and just did heaps of collaborations and heaps of sessions um, and lived in Sydney for a couple of weeks, which was really cool. And the very last day I had the studio, I had a session with um, my friend Oboy and we just made he this. Got, he got snubbed in the favourite people to um, collaborate with oh, section. I didn't even think of <laughs> Two him. songs as well. No, I now. didn't even think of that. There's so <laughs> many other people I could talk about there though. But you got snubbed. Um, there's so many other yeah, people. Yeah, so you wrote that second song with him? Yeah. Um, What's that song like for you? Well, that after that session, that was the, the one where I was like, oh, this is the song that could go with yeah. the first one. And I sent it to everyone and they were like, yeah, this is cool. I just had to finish it because it was really demo-y and I didn't want to keep a lot of the sounds that were in it, but I really liked the idea. Um, so then I just worked with that for about a month. It took me a while to sort of get it to where it is now, but I was really happy with it. It's like a techno song almost. It's like a, in my head, it's a techno song with like a really underground club structure. If that makes sense? Yeah, I guess so. Well, it's not like as techno songs, like seven and a half minutes. No, it's like three and a half. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's condensed to three and a half minutes. It's like build up, like smash, 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 cut, build up, smash, 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 which is like mirrors almost like your set style or your mixing style anyway, where it's not like big, long-winded. No. Doof, doof, doof. It's yeah. more like up and down and winding and all that shit. So that's cool as well that you found like a little niche. But obviously the EP's heaps dancey. Where yeah. do your like, it's like from take it all the way back. Where do your dance inspiration start, and how do you start listening to dance music? Um, I feel like I've listened to dance music for ages because my parents were really into dance music, so they were like big clubbers in like the eighties and nineties. Um, they loved yeah that kind of stuff back then before I was in the picture. Yeah. Um, and so they would always kind of play the music that they liked from those eras when I was younger um and then when I got to I don't know and then just when I was young like I loved a lot of like synth dance pop music like I I think a lot of like even like Lady Gaga yeah I feel like when we were growing up it was like the pop scene was like there was so much like progressive house 
in our pop songs. Yeah, Like right. that Lady Gaga song. Like in our main, like in our formative years, like when we were like 13, 14, 15. I remember like Swedish Oh, I'm talking Martha. like way yeah, earlier no, than but that. Even like yeah. in my brain where my, like, because we're the same age. Like when Swedish House Mafia was like the thing, I feel like that's where I've got my taste for dance music as well. So yeah. I feel like almost everyone in our generation has a taste for that level of dance music because of how ingrained it was in pop culture. Yeah. Same way that people, like kids growing up now, are just going to love hip hop and shit because of how ingrained it is in pop culture. Yeah. And they're always going to have a slight sensitivity towards it because yeah. of that reason. But yeah, go on. Sorry, that's it. That's okay. If I didn't say it, then I would have forgot that thought. Yeah. I think it's a good thought. Yeah, no, I just... Yeah, I think... Lady Gaga. Yeah, I loved Lady Gaga so much and, like, Rihanna and Katy Perry and, like, Kesha and all that kind of really, like, pop dance music. So I think then when I started finding, like, when I got to high school and I started finding, like, Porter Robinson and Maddie on and those kind of artists, that's probably where that likeness came from, maybe. Um, that kind of music so yeah that was that was when I heard like that stuff when I was in high school that was like when I started wanting to start producing yeah when I um, heard that what was I going to say that's this song I can like the most defining song in terms of like pop music in our childhood for me was um <laughs> who was it was it David Guetta that did that song um we found love in a hopeless place yeah like that's like the most generic <laughs> like Progressive house. No, that's Calvin Harris. Is it Calvin? Yeah. Shout out Calvin, man. Always on the pulse of the <laughs> fucking youth. But yeah, like that that song for me is like what defines pop music in my childhood was. Yeah. Like putting on the radio and hearing a song like that or Don't You Worry Child. What's like a classic David Guetta song? Um, Sexy Bitch. Yes. <laughs> or um, Titanium. Um, Avicii Levels as well. Yeah. Don, rest in peace. Yeah. Um, like who, the, who's that's that like, chick? It's so good as um, well. Like a G6. Yeah. All of those songs were like my favourite songs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, as I said, we've all got a... Like, I think like everyone in our generation now has a soft spot for that genre of music because of how ingrained it was culturally for us. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, Porter Robinson, Madion, and that's what pushed you into producing. Yeah. What about, like, n- like where are the inspirations now for the EP, do you think? Do you see any direct, like, correlation between, I've been listening to these artists, I want to manifest that energy in a song on the EP is there any do you feel like there's any direct links not really to be honest I don't know I can't think of any artists in particular where I was really you know um listening to their music so much yeah where it's like then yeah no I really can't think of much but it's a good question like obviously there was probably a lot of subconscious influences yeah exactly but none that I can like consciously think of because you hear sometimes artists like like a rapper be like, oh, I heard this guy rap like this on this song. It's like, I want to be able to bring that energy on this and that song. Yeah. That's why I asked. What dance music do you listen to now? Or have you been listening in the past couple of months? I try not to listen to that much music, which sounds really weird. But um, yeah, just because if I listen to it too much, then I get overwhelmed and I don't feel like making. Yeah. And because I've been making a lot, um, I haven't wanted to like stop that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, in saying that though... Um, I love some of the new Dog Blood songs and I really like the new Umru remix of Mine by Slater. It's pretty sick. Awesome. That's like a couple of days old though. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, I think like dance music as well culturally is like one of the most important things anyway because just like going out and that culture is like so ingrained in dancing and dance music. So 
Yeah, I feel like no matter what, you're always going to be inspired by some level of dance music as a listener or as an artist anyway. Yeah. Because, like, the end result, you want to play this shit live and as an artist. So, like, you want to be able to make people dance. Like, there's no point making, like, seven-minute ambient songs with, like, no drums when there's no platform to play that live and people enjoy it live. Well, I think there's a platform for everything. Yeah, of course. So, you can make that kind of music if you want. Yeah, of course. But I feel like in some level, everyone's going to be inspired by dance music. Yeah, I guess. I feel like no matter what you're making, there's always going to be that element of like, how am I going to make this shit groove? Especially in the pop sphere, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Um, In terms of like the, like not like some hardcore indie on band camp, I'm talking like, you'll put music out, let's hear it on radio, let's go to a show, let's pack out a theatre type thing. You're always going to be inspired some level of dance music. That's that's how I think of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, dance music. So the EP... um, do you feel like you've almost made these songs so they fit nicely in your set? Yeah, not consciously either, but yeah, like just... they will fit so nicely, um, for sure. And it's no, it'll be nice to have more music that I can play and not have to lower the energy in order to play it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even though you're lowering the energy, though, don't you feel like that compromise is worth it given the response you're going to get by the crowd? Yes, but it depends on the show. Like, if it's a show where I know people are going to give that response because well, yeah, they will know exactly. the songs then it's worth lowering the energy because the energy doesn't really yeah. lower but if it's like a show where I can tell that not many people know my music and I'm just there to kind of gain fans then it's not always worth yeah, exactly. bringing the, the originals in. yeah and at the same time it's like it's nice because you'll be able to fly on the radar with these songs it's like you play them and be like oh by the way these are mine at those shows where it's like a bit half half you're able to play those songs and you're able to see the reaction without them knowing like these are your originals and there's no like compromise playing it so that's yeah. sick as well so it's obviously like completely different to Lapland um what it how like what are your goals for this EP or do you just want to make people dance essentially yeah I don't know I don't have like really specific goals because I know that if I do I'll just get disappointed if they don't happen <laughs> yeah so I just have like the kind of broader goal of like progression and happiness yeah <laughs> yeah and fulfillment, exactly. if that makes sense. Perfect. And it's coming out, what date? The nineteenth. It will be out on the nineteenth of July, <coughs> or it um, is out on the nineteenth of July. What? It's been out on. It came out on the nineteenth. We don't out. know, but we'll know. Yeah. Um. And that's the Friday of Splendor. Yes, first day of Splendor, I think, and then I play on the Sunday. Perfect. Are you yeah. keen for Splendor? I'm so excited. I'm a little bit like unprepared at the moment just because I got a new laptop and I'm still sort of like <laughs> transferring all of my music over so I haven't prepared any playlists and stuff yet but I still have about a month so I reckon I'll be right come the weekend both yeah oh can you just flick the power on the the powerpoint down there yeah. oh just push oh, push the plug in there. Yeah. that's right we're, we're live that could have died there would have been tragic right we're back um sweet yeah awesome Splendor's gonna be sick what does it mean to you as an artist to be booked on a festival like Splendor um I don't know I mean it's like pretty cool I haven't been to it before so everyone just says it's really big um and stuff so I'm excited to go and check it out but it is sort of like a goal festival if you know what I mean um yeah and it'll be nice to have ticked that one off and yeah it's nice that I'm being recognized as a good enough artist to play yeah exactly yeah. nice little testament yeah it's really um, cool what's your 
what's the favorite show you've ever attended or club night or set you've ever seen oh i need more time to think about this <laughs> or like list them off not the favorite but like what's in the upper echelons do you think just for dance music or? no just in life um this my is life f- my, this is life my favorite show ever would have to be porter robinson worlds at the Enmore in 2015. Yeah. Um, that show was so cool and it was just so special to me at the time. Um, like it was really kind of sentimental. I was in like year 10 um, and it was just like so, I don't know, I was just so happy to be there. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> I loved that concert so much. Yeah. Um, in recent times, I really loved the Charlie XCX show last year. Or, I don't know if it was last year or the year before. It was last year because it was after... Oh, it was when that concert was. Yeah, I don't know. You know. I'm pretty sure it was like October No, because remember we went to the Holden Pavilion that night? Yeah. That was last year. Yeah, that show was really cool because I love Charlie XTX. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Um, where have we both been? Um... <laughs> Girls on deck down here, shout out. Yeah, that <laughs> what was an really e- fun. What an evening. <laughs> um, Kate Renata was cool. Yeah, I that feel was, like was good. Him as an artist project is super cool because he's in that level of like, yeah, he's going to start a party. Yeah, everyone knows him as that sick DJ, but at the same time, there's still that really high level of artistic integrity in terms of, I'm going to put that song on a fucking, put that song on, I'm going to listen to it on the bus. There's a nice little balance between the dance and the listening worlds. Yeah. Which is like, I feel like, if I'm going to categorize you as an artist, I think of it in that space as well. Oh, like cool. artists that define themselves in that way. Like the Flume, Ketra, Morgrab, New Morgrab, probably not like New Morgrab, like that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah. It's like a nice little peer group. Yeah. It is. <laughs> um, oh, I was going to say something sick, but I've forgotten it now. That's all right. Um, yeah. Shows are cool. Oh, that's what it does. Um, so you said Charlie, and Charlie put you in her playlist. Yeah. Uh, what's it like getting shout-outs from artists that you love? So sick and, like, so weird as well. Because, um, I don't know, sometimes, like, this will sound a bit weird and, like, it might even sound a bit offensive, but, like, sometimes when you just, like, admire someone a lot and you just follow them online, but you've never had intera- any interaction with them, it can seem like they're sort of, like, not real yeah. a little bit. Um, and obviously artists are real people and they have feelings and stuff but like yeah like it's just sort of like they can (laughs) (laughs) they can come across a little bit like ethereal sometimes um and then it was like well she like knows who i am and likes this song and it was like yeah it was really cool awesome who else have you have you got props from that you want to flex a little bit I don't like to flex. <laughs> Come on. Sometimes the biggest flex is not flexing. Yeah, <laughs> just playing it off like it's nothing. Oh, the couple artists, couple famous people. Yeah, who cares? Um, yeah, sick. I'm trying to think of what else we should cover now that we're here. Oh, yeah, do you listen to any other, like, you like Rosalia? Is that right? Oh, Rosalia? Rosalia. Yeah. I forgot the... Maybe it is pronounced that. I don't know. No, where's the dash? It's on the last I. So Rosalia. Rosalia. So that's when you put yeah. the emphasis. Yeah. It right. was on the O, it'd be Rosalia. Right. Wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you like, do you enjoy listening to art, artists and music outside of like your direct 
say genre or like where you yeah fit. definitely do you feel like you get inspired more by people that are making music outside of your genre rather than the one inside it no not necessarily sort of like all a bit equal yeah to be honest um but yeah i like i listen to and i make all types of music exactly right. like i'm working on like the freya's music and coda banks music and a couple other people's music and it's not all like club yeah exactly. stuff <laughs> you know what i mean um, yeah, but I really like Rosalie. It's just so cool. And is that like where you want to take the Nina Girachi project, you feel, where it's like I can make this like really deep, ethereal, like EP like Lapland, then I can make um, this fuck off club project, like the one that's out, coming out, is out. Yep. And then at the same time, I'm going to write a pop song for Coda Banks. I'm going to write this indie folk song for Freya. Is that like where you want Nina Girachi to sit, just be this like all-encompassing producer? Yeah, I think that's what I already am. <laughs> yeah, as in like, like yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, but yeah, definitely, I just want to do more of that ongoing, for yeah. sure. And writing for other people and stuff. Yeah. Awesome, I think that's a beautiful note to end on. Awesome. Shout out to Nina Girachi. Thanks for having me. No worries. It's been really good. Shout out to Parry Talks, episode one. We should be launching soon. Um, shout out to the Lord Gladstone Hotel. Shout out to Coda Banks, Neon Las Vegas, Oh Boy... Who else did you mention? Freya. Freya, shout outs. Shout out to Gosford High. <laughs> Big shout outs to Gosford High. Um, shout out Pelvis. Yeah, that's it pretty much. We're done. Ooh.